0: Well, good morning, Westridge. It's good to be back with you today. Always good to be home. And uh, especially we start a new, uh, a new message series today. Practice not perfection. So I thought I'd begin with, uh, with an object that is uh, something I bought with my grandson in mind a few years ago. I wanted to show him old school, you know? I thought a top is a great old school move. So I would get this get this thing going, and I would let it spin. And he would look at it and say, how do you do that, Grandpa? <laughs> huh? And I would show him. I'd say, well, you just take this, and you start pumping like this, and then it goes. And he would take that, and he would look at it, and he would try to make it work, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. Every time he'd come to my office, which just sits up on one of my shelves of my office, because uh, I usually talk about spiritual momentum sometimes, he would point at it and say, can I? I said, you bet. So he'd take it down, and he'd try to, he'd try to work it. He couldn't do it. Now that was several years ago. He's now, he's now seven and a half. He can not only take it off the shelf himself, but he can begin to do this and he can make it spin. He says, look what I can do. Practice, not perfection, right? The series is gonna challenge us as we look at following Jesus. Because when we first start the process of following Jesus, it can take some time to get some momentum going and there will be fits and starts, right? Where things don't always work exactly like we plan them to do. However, following Jesus allows us a chance to grow and change. It does take practice to reach maturity. During this series, we're going to look at three practices that when we implement them, they won't make us perfect, but given attention, they will help us develop a spiritual life that is healthy, vibrant, and alive. A life that is prepared for opportunities and challenges. To come our way. See, looking at the top, I realize that I've got to give attention to it to keep the momentum going. It's not going to go on its own. In fact, on its own, that's how it will end up sooner or later. And none of us want lives, spiritual lives, that are like this. I mean, you're here today because you want you to want be pumped up some, right? And honestly, I think this is a great way to start the week together. Just a great way to be together. My question is, is this enough. Personally, my thought is, no, no it isn't. And while this time is very important for growth and health, if this is all we're going to do to advance spiritually, we're missing some key ingredients for healthy growth. And what I recognize from the three practices we're going to be looking at over the next three weeks is that when we put them into action, it provides margins for growth and health to develop. The key idea for today, spiritual health develops when we create margins. And the margin we're going to look at today is worship. Worship is much more than what we do here on Sunday morning. It's it's much more than the music. I I love the music, but it's much more than the music that takes place prior to the message. Worship is something that can be embraced every day. And when we do embrace it, it will help draw us closer into the presence of God on a daily basis. And we're going to examine this reality through the words of Psalm 105. The psalmist wrote, Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all of his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. These are powerful words. They celebrate God's active presence, both in the past, the present, and into the future. And they're words of worship. So what is worship? Webster's Webster's Dictionary would define it as worthiness, repute, respect, or reverence paid to a divine being. Worship Basically, is giving God our attention, our focus as we celebrate who He is and how He is at work around us and in our lives. It's choosing to factor God into the midst of our daily lives as we get caught up in all the, the hecticness and craziness of our busy schedules. I read this quote from Susan Muto regarding the spiritual life. She said this, The spiritual life is seldom lived on the plane of the extraordinary. It is for the most part lives amidst the mundane patterns of everyday life with ordinary people who do ordinary things. So in the midst of our ordinary schedules, I believe there's a practice that can bring peace and the breath of God into our lives. And it is so important to breathe. My watch just told me, breathe. It's so important to breathe. And the way we breathe is by worshiping. There are three things displayed in these verses today that can help us connect with God in worship, I believe, every day. First thing, I think we need to embrace awareness. Now, a few weeks ago, I was in Mantino during lunchtime, I decided to uh, surprise my wife. She works as a deputy village clerk there for the village, and I I know where she goes off campus to sit and eat in her car and read away from the office uh, at lunchtime. So I parked where she normally did and then waited for her to arrive. I saw her car go by. I waved at her. She did not wave back. Okay? I, 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 she, she got pulled into the parking lot, and I thought she would pull into the shade beside me, but instead she parked behind me back off to the side on the other side of the lot. So I got out of my car. I walked toward her vehicle. I approached the passenger side window, and I said, hey, I thought I'd come and see you, to which she said, oh, do not do that to me. Now what I thought was going to be a very nice gesture... Turned out not to be so appreciated by her, okay? I don't know if you've ever had that happen before. I said, well, I figured you would see me sitting there, my car sitting there waiting in your spot. She said, I didn't even know you were there. I believe there are many times in life where God's at work right around us and we just don't even know he's there. And whether we're focused on other things or we're caught up in the the situation we're dealing with or simply daydreaming, we, we just don't see him. I think the first step to practicing worship is getting ready to see God around us. Uh, simply being aware that, hey, he could be showing up at any moment. Uh, look at some of the words the psalmist uses to talk about this. He says, look to the Lord. Seek his face. Glory in his holy name. They all speak to the challenge of being on the lookout for God as we walk through life. It's being aware. A couple of years ago, my sister-in-law bought me an interesting gift for my birthday. It's a fanny pack. Now, I love fanny packs, okay? I used to wear them all the time. My boys have told me, Dad, it's no longer cool to wear a fanny pack. Do not wear them. I'm wearing it, Okay? Now, this is for walking, okay? This is a a fanny pack, and my sister-in-law bought it with me and mine. She knows I walk early in the morning, and and sometimes it's dark outside, so... So you can see me coming, you can see me going, okay? All right? So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Do you think people would be aware of me as I'm walking out in the dark? Absolutely, right? Absolutely. This even has three settings. It has that one. That one. And... Solid, okay? I believe God is around us all the time, and he wants us to be aware. Now, I'm going to take this off because I know you won't be able to concentrate on anything else I say, okay? All right? God wants us to be aware of his presence. He's always at work. And, and what I've personally discovered is that God moments can come at any time. They can be spontaneous. They can be planned, but they can come anytime. A couple of Fridays ago, I was over at uh, my mother-in-law's house. She lives out on the farm. There is no light pollution out on the farm. And so when I stepped outside, it was a clear night. There were stars everywhere in the sky. And I stepped out. I told my wife, I said, look at that. She said, well, that's really really cool. She went inside, talked to her mom. I carried everything in. And then I said, I'm going to go back outside for a while. I said, okay. I walked back outside and just stood And looked up at the sky. It was amazing. And I thank God for who he is. I said, what is man that you are mindful of him? This comes from Psalm 8. And I said, but God, I know you know me. it It was just a moment, okay? It was a moment for me. They can come at any moment when we're aware. Another time, I was in a smoke-filled bar in Romeoville with some friends of mine. We were bringing Jesus and his church just to, into a dark place. They played Christian rock. I'd do a, little, I'd do a short devotion, and we just talked to people. And the night that sticks out in my mind was when, when the bar was filled with people. Some were enjoying the music. Others were drinking. Others were playing pool. Others were playing video. There was all kinds of people doing all sorts of things at the bar. And as I, I stood there, all of a sudden, I felt the presence of the Lord and he, his voice spoke, spoke into my heart. And Here's what it said. You know, Lance, I love all these people. I don't care where they've been. I don't care what they've done. I love them all. It just kind of opened my mind and opened my heart a little bit wider. It's the awareness it comes from a mind that's, mindset that says, I want to recognize those moments when the Lord's real to me, when He when He's right there by me. So help me keep open to seeing them. So there's so many times, so many stories in the Bible of people who, who suddenly have an encounter with God and they become aware of His presence and they, they celebrated what happened. And I know that sometimes God, if we're open to Him, He just kind of sneaks up on us. And we're in the middle of something when suddenly think, hey, that was a divine moment. You were right here, so that's the first step. I think to practicing worship is cultivating an awareness that God is at work, and I can discover things around me each day where I see Him at work if I'm open to seeing it. So that leads right to the second worship connection I see in the Psalm. We need to develop anticipation. So it's awareness and then anticipation. So a couple Fridays ago, I jumped out of an airplane. Now, I'm sure at some point in time, I'll talk about faith or trust. I'll go into more detail. It was a great experience, and I just want you to know, I survived. Okay? Okay? And I showed you the certificate back in July that Darla bought for my 60th birthday. The certificate was good for five years, because I realize it takes sometimes five years to work up the courage, right? So I just made up my mind. I saw what the weather was going to be like a couple of Fridays ago, beautiful day. I said, okay, I'm going to do it. This is on Monday, so I get to the website, I filled everything out, and I got ready to push the button to register my time and get it sealed. And I said, yeah, maybe tomorrow. No, I'm going be honest. So Tuesday, I go back in. Okay, fill everything out. Check my time, get ready to put it in. I say, now or never, click. So I, was, I, was, I was ready to go Friday. And the rest of that week, I lived in anticipation. Let's call it fearful anticipation, okay? All right? Now, I want you to say it was a great experience, but that's what I thought about from Tuesday until Friday when I got to Skydive Chicago, okay? That's what I thought about. Anticipation causes us to focus on what is coming. What if we were to approach our relationship with God using a sense of anticipation? And not not fearful anticipation, but excited anticipation that God's going to show up. You you think that might make a difference in our daily lives? Now, there are are several things I think that can help pave the way for anticipation to build. Uh, The first one I want to suggest to you is practicing solitude. Now, solitude does not mean we need to sit in a quiet place for hours on end, not having any interaction with people. But let me give you an idea on how to give solitude a try. Maybe on the next 20-minute car ride you have, by yourself, instead of playing the radio, turn it off. And just think. Think about how God's worked in your life. Think about ways he's touched you. I know for me, I sometimes have so much noise going on around me that I simply have no room for God's voice. And in my experience, the Father seldom yells at me to get my attention. But when I carve out quiet time, when I make some of that that space or give margin, if you would call it that, for him to speak in my life, things happen. And for me, it happens best in, in solitude. I was at a conference in Southern California earlier this year, when the speaker gave us 30 minutes to practice solitude. And here's what he said. He said, I know that most Christian leaders don't take time to do this. You fill your schedule with all sorts of other things. They so said, I want, you to, I want you to go out and practice listening for 30 minutes. And I had some things I was concerned about for Ignite, uh, the organization I lead that starts churches across Chicagoland, uh, about the structure for the future. And I, I thought this would be a great time just to sit and, and listen And so I did. I sat there. I listened. When I heard nothing, I kept looking at my watch. Nothing. 15 minutes. 20 minutes. 25 minutes. Nothing. I thought, well, this is just a good exercise in practicing patience. Because God doesn't work on our timetable. You know that. But Suddenly, at 25 minutes in, the ideas began to flow. And in five minutes, I have the structure for the future. It was very clear. And when I stepped out of time and made my way back to the conference room, I worshiped because God had shown up. See, worship, it's about taking time to focus on God. It can be spontaneous or it can be planned. See, another way I think anticipation is developed is by thinking about God showing up. Just showing up in the normal routines of life. 19, late 70s, a, um, a movie came out entitled, Oh God. Some of you may remember that. George Burns played God. Led to a sequel. Oh God, part two. Very creative. Um, George Burns appeared to a young girl in the sequel, asking her to be his representative, letting people know that he's still around. And she and her friends came up with a very simple plan, and they began to flood their neighborhoods. With, uh, with posters, with flyers, and with post-it notes that said, thank God. In Psalm 105, the writer says, remember the wonders he has done, the miracles and the judgments he pronounced. Remember. I hope that everyone here has a memory of a time that God showed up in your life. And I tell people, if you don't have those memories, ask God to show up. And then anticipate him showing up because he does. God always shows up to those who seek him. But what would happen if we approached everyday life, our everyday life saying, I just want to thank God today. When the rain came down the other day in uh, in Bourbonnet, I was sitting on my front door and I just watched it pour down out of the sky. I mean, literally just buckets coming down. And I thought, God, and I thanked him for the way he has blessed my life. So many things have poured in. I, I just, I am I'm a, I'm a blessed man. When I walk in the morning, I see rabbits everywhere. And every time I see rabbits out in my neighborhood, it reminds me of the church planning plan that the Father has given on what we're doing to move forward, starting more churches all across Chicagoland. I see those rabbits, they multiply everywhere. I see the same thing happening. And it's come from God, not from me. But it causes me to think about God. What would happen if we chose to thank God When we woke up every morning? Would it build a sense of anticipation that God's going to do something today? By the way, the importance of being here each week cannot be overstated, okay? I, I know that when I'm here the week after, I wake up several mornings with songs that have been sung on my heart and mind. I wake up singing, and and, and it's important because it lays the foundation for worship to take place. I don't know if if that happens to you, but when I wake up singing, I'm already thanking God. And I tell you, it's a great place to start the day. That's why I love what takes place here on Sunday mornings. Thirdly, we also need to be willing to share the experience. We need to be willing to tell the story of how God's touched our lives and the difference he's making. Paul wrote these words to a friend of his in the New Testament book of Philemon. He said, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. I think when we're telling the story, it helps us understand not only what God has done, but what he's going to continue to do for us. A full understanding See, sharing what we know and how our lives have been affected, it's a dynamic act of worship. That's what the psalmist talks about. Make known among the nations what God's done. Tell of all his wonderful acts. He's saying, hey, share what you know. And share who you know with those around you. Because when we do that, we point others to Jesus, and it brings him the honor. So I, I fabricated some glasses for you today. I I call these my no see okay? Now, here's the deal, guys. I think many people in the world today are walking around like this, where God's concerned. They just can't see him. And whether it's because of obstacles they've embraced or obstacles that have been forced on them in their lives, they, they simply cannot see the Father at work around them which is where we come into the equation. Because when we tell them our story, when we talk to them about how God has shown up, but how he continues to show up, in, in very very simple ways at times, it may cause people to say, huh, maybe I need to check this out. You see, our stories are very Powerful. And that's why we have to tell them. We can't keep them to ourselves. We have to tell them. Because when we share the experiences, it may help somebody take the glasses off so they can find new life. Now, I'll be honest, I don't do this as well as I should. But I know it's important to share. So when I have opportunities, I try to step into it. It doesn't have to be a long, lengthy story. Sometimes it's just a sentence or two. I had several several opportunities this past week. and I I just tried to step into them. I miss opportunities all the time. But I know when I tell my story and tell stories how God continues to show up, I'm worshiping him. Because the focus is not on me. It's on the one who's changed my life forever. Now I'm going to stop here. But it leads to the application for the week ahead. Uh, first of all, you should have received a post-it note when you walked in today. So my, my challenge for you today is you can do it when, when you're sitting here, you can do it when you go home, whatever. I would just like for you to write, thank God, on that post-it note. And then I would love for you to put that up somewhere where you're going to see it each day this week. And maybe this will just be a little spur to, uh, to cause you to think about God as you start the day off. Uh, secondly, there's a, there's a workshop coming up in uh, October, October 5th, uh, Be, Learn, Grow. It's going to focus on developing a rhythm for connecting with Jesus. Now, it looks good. It should bring some good practical guidelines into just helping connect so we can continue to have our spiritual life flourish and move forward. And then thirdly, I would like to encourage everyone here to take many worship breaks, and M-I-N-I, many worship breaks this, this next week. Uh, maybe it is just uh, taking 15 minutes in the car by yourself with the radio off. So you can think about what God's done and thank Him. Uh, maybe it's singing to God when you wake up or alone when you're alone in the car. Or maybe it's reading the words of Psalm 105 to God and just telling Him how you appreciate those things about Him. Uh, You can be as creative as you want to be, but I would just encourage you to spend a moment or two or three during the week where you can turn your attention and focus to the Father who who loves you and just wants to be recognized. And, And then when you talk to the Father, I would encourage you to ask Him who He has in mind around you in your sphere of influence that you can tell a story to. And when you get that name in your mind, step into it. Tell your story. Tell the way you've you've seen the Father work around you. Uh, When I I get a name in my mind, I I try to step into it. Uh, Sometimes I chicken out, okay? I'll be honest. I, I chicken out. But I don't ever regret stepping into it. But I always regret chickening out. Because you never can tell when you tell a story, how some, somebody at least say, huh, I need to think about that. Let's pray together. Father, we recognize you've given us a, a great opportunity to tell us about you, tell us about how you, how you have affected impacted, and changed our lives. I thank you for Jesus, the gift you gave to us. Thank you for being our Father who showed your love by sending your Son. I thank you for being alive and active. I thank you for being at work around us all the time. And I just pray that the week ahead, as we take these many worship breaks, that you'll help us to practice being in your presence, celebrating who you are, and sharing with others what we see and experience. In the powerful name of Jesus we pray, amen.